This is an ABC podcast. Today I'm at the Islington Dog Park because we're doing something just slightly different. I've been hosting this podcast for a few months now. We've covered a lot of the good times and the hard times across the Hunter. We've gotten to know each other, you know? And as we've been covering everything that's been going on, I'm not going to lie, I've been dealing with some really hard moments. I used to love coming here to people watch with my dog Elfie, to unwind, decompress after work, enjoy the sunshine when we've had it. But in the last few months, she's gotten sick and eventually passed away. And it's really rattled me. And I know I'm not alone in feeling sad when you lose a pet you love. When a pet dies, how should you process it? I'm Kaya Hanley. This is the Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up. And today we're talking about grieving a pet and meeting some amazing people who guide you through that. We all walk around on the planet expecting to live forever. Death is taboo, we don't talk about it. Um, You know, we don't have, we do, we have morning teas where you sit around and talk about it. My dog Elfie, a black and white terrier cross border collie, was my constant for nearly 13 years. A rescue dog who didn't have the best start to life, but made up for it, eventually living in the lap of luxury by my side. But just a few months ago, Elfie got sick. I took her to the emergency hospital and I was like, look, if I'm overreacting, I'll, I'll pay the cost for that. And we Whatever. soon learned she had an aggressive um, form of cancer called hemangiosarcoma. The prognosis? One to three months. It was all systems go as I made a bucket list. 20 things to spoil her rotten and create core memories for us both. We did heaps, all the walks. Good girl. I made her a birthday cake. Happy birthday to you. We made an artwork, stayed at a fancy hotel. But the best bits were always just hanging out. Sitting in King Edward Park, snacking on food and watching the world go by. Elfie made it one month, then two, and I couldn't help thinking, maybe it's wrong. Maybe she doesn't have cancer. But five days shy of making that 90-day mark after diagnosis, Elfie took a turn and it was time to say our goodbyes. I was ready for that, as ready as you can be. But as I cradled her head in her final moments, told her how completely loved she was and how thankful I am for the gift she had given me by being my dog, I had no idea what would come next. I was not ready for the grief that would hit me or how the world around me would respond as I went through it. Because look, we aren't always the best at grieving the people we love, let alone our pets. Thankfully, I found some help. I think people really have to look at it in a different sort of perception. It's not about what form they come in, it's about what they've done for you. So it's like, what has Elfie been there through? You know, you've been in the house on your own in tears, 10 o'clock at night, who's been there? The dog. Hi, I'm Di. Um, My husband and I, we are the owners of the Newcastle and Hunter Pet Crematorium out of Bob's Farm. Yeah, probably not the first place you might think a grieving pet owner would find support crematorium but stay with me because Di's job is 100% about pets but she says we take care of clients mainly um it's a it's a big thing to take the responsibility of trying to walk someone through such a really challenging uh, decision to make and, and a process that they're going through it's 
it's a bit of a blessing and a gift as well to be able to be there for them you know they're very fragile and it really takes a special sort of person to look after someone in that sort of an environment. Mm. How did you learn how to do that was there training involved in that? Uh, it's all self-taught. <laughs> we um, Unfortunately, when we first started, I didn't have much experience with grief and the universe is a very strange thing. Mm. So in a four or five year period, we lost four family members. We lost our dog and we lost our cat. Oh, gosh. So I had a crash course. So it was just amazing. Like, you know, one minute I'm like going, oh, you know, this is interesting. And then next minute I had a full grasp on what our clients were going through and what the pain felt like and then you know then it was very easy to be able to relate to them it was honestly one of the worst days of my life when I had to pick up the phone and go and call you what are you doing that moment I'm I'm on the other end of the phone you don't know who I am you don't know what's going on except you kind of do because (laughs) I'm calling you what goes through your head when you're you know answering my phone call or calling me back okay so the first thing that I um concern myself with is your welfare Um, because I know it might sound a little bit harsh, but the pet has passed, so I can't help you with that. So now my biggest focus is you. Um, So just to make sure that you're safe, that you've got support, that if you need anything, I can direct you in directions where you need to go. Um, And just listen. You know, sometimes people just need someone to listen so that you feel that you're not overreacting and that, that everything is real and this person in your life you know even though they have four legs I still call them a person (laughs) this person in your life was important um, to you and this is a real thing and we shouldn't disregard it. It was in her own grief after losing her dog Kelly that Di went looking for support for information on how best to manage that unique grief that comes with losing a pet. Oh it's a 17 year project so I'm <laughs> always finding things so that, you know you've got so much to, to look for you know you've got information to help the, the human um, get through that you know first couple of weeks months you've got information on our site for the pet that's been left behind because they have a relationship and they also grieve um, I just found another beautiful resource that's been put together by Sesame Street for the children wow. so when they lose um, their pet you know they, they could be five or six and so lots and lots of resources on their um, colouring therapy all of that sort of stuff. What do you notice when you are talking to people who have just lost their pet? I notice that everybody grieves differently and it's a very personal journey. Some people are very vocal, some people are very quiet, some people want to reach out for help, others want to do it in private. Um, but it's, it's like a, oh, it's a taboo subject, you know, we're not allowed to talk about it, we're not allowed to go to work and say, you know, my cat died yesterday or my dog died yesterday, I need a couple of days off. Mm. It's, it's something that people just try and get through on their own and and you shouldn't have to in this day and age. You know, we've, we've built a relationship with another sentient being and, and we just need to be able to figure out how to get through that loss. So Di went on a mission to break down that stigma. To provide a place where pet owners could grieve their animals. Because that's the difference. When a human dies, we have rituals, we come together. There are funerals or memorials, shared memories and photo slides and playlists. And so Di wanted to create something IRL for pet owners who needed to grieve together. And that's when her morning tea support days were born. Tell me what happens at at those morning teas that you started. 
Well, it's, um, it's very quiet in the beginning because everyone's really, really nervous. So we sit down and we have a bit of a chat and we have like a little stone that we pass around and everybody sort of introduces themselves um, and tells their story of why they're there. And once that first round around the circle's been done, everyone's relaxed because they realise, OK, I'm not on my own, I'm not a weirdo, I'm not overreacting. Everybody in this room feels exactly the same way as I do in their own way. Mm-hmm. As you see clients interacting that have each going through, as you said, their own pet grief journey, how do you see them change? They look lighter. They just, um, they just look lighter. It's like a load is being lifted off their shoulders that, that, that they feel um, overwhelmed with. And a lot of the times when people come to us, they have what's called compounding grief. Mm. So it may be the loss of a loved one, then their pet, and then something else, and then something else. So you don't know if they're three or four losses in, or Mm. if they're just their first loss, and the first loss is always the hardest. What power do you think there is in being with people who get it? (laughs) I think it's... dissolves isolation yeah like I always pre-warn our clients when they go out into the big wide world I said surround yourself with like-minded people and people that you trust because there's always going to be that one person that says oh my god aren't you over that yet or it's been a month Mm. or you're still going on about that you know buck up carry on pull up your socks you know (laughs) and it's just everyone's just I don't know everyone's just so unaware of, of what relationship that is if if they're not a pet owner I get not everyone will feel the same about pet grief as I do or as Di does. It makes people uncomfortable. There's part of me that feels terrible for even trying to compare them. But I've been living with grief for most of the last 18 months. As well as losing Elfie, I've lost three grandparents, one after the other. I've seen how people react to losing a person you love compared to losing a pet. There's an expectation I'll be sad forever on and off with a grandparent. But the... Or just get another dog. The, hasn't it been a couple of weeks? Reaction that's thrown around with Elfie is far more often than I thought it would be. Losing Elfie changed my life. My daily routine, my priorities, my budget, my level of loneliness. It's been one of the hardest things I've had to pull myself out of. And there were days where all I could do was get up, go to work, go back to bed. I miss her so much it hurts. The same now a month on as it did the day I came home without her. But we keep going. We work through that weight of grief with our safe people. Maybe a morning tea with others. Because as Die Couch says, that's what our pets would want. For us to get up, go on that walk and live our best life. What I've learnt, um, I think the biggest thing that I've learnt with the whole situation is that whoever it is that has passed would not want you to be in the fetal position. They would not want you to spend months and months crying, um, being heartbroken. Mm. They would want you to live a fulfilled life full of joy and love. And every time you think of whoever it is, um, to smile and just think, oh my God, that was an amazing journey. For those of us who, you know, maybe um, meet someone in our life over the next little while who says, oh, I've just lost my pet how do we respond in a way that's a bit bit maybe a bit better just ask them if they're okay are you okay you know I mean that's the biggest thing on the television with anyone's mental health because it's a mental health thing when you're grieving you know and it doesn't matter what what what's happening to you it's just are you okay do you need anything do you want to go for a walk in the sunshine what do you love about what you do and what you're able to give to someone on such a hard time in their life 
I don't know, someone said to me the day before yesterday, geez, you are in the right profession. And I thought, hmm, I think I am. Mm. I don't know, it's just being able to be there for someone without, I don't know, there's no hidden agenda. You know, it's all very authentic and all very real. And for me to be able to do that, I just, you know, I don't know what... I don't know, is that a, an ego thing? Is it a gift? It's um, a thousand percent a gift. Yeah, to be able to do that and to be authentically there for somebody, I just love it. The Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up is produced on a Awabakal country. It's presented and produced by me, Kaya Handley. It's produced by Toby Hemmings and Bridget Murphy is our digital producer. Thanks to executive producers Lucia Hill and Blythe Moore. If you like the pod... Give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with more local stories right around Newcastle and the Hunter Valley. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.